the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, everyone. This is Alan Kerr sitting in for Dave Ellswick on the Dave Ellswick Show. We are here this morning with uh, the Power Panel, and uh, I'm going to introduce them in just a second. But uh, everyone, have a moment of silence for the last day of summer, 2021. Wow. Yes, today's the last day of summer. Kind of sad. <laughs> Tomorrow's the first day of fall. So uh, enjoy your last day of summer. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, this is it, uh, 2021 in the rearview mirror. I'm here with a power panel this morning. <clears throat> going to introduce them. Uh, we've got to my right here. We've got Heather Beach. She's a uh, 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 usual here on the show. Good morning. Uh, this morning we have uh, Megan Bourne. Good morning. Uh, also. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, uh, that is Megan Bourne, as in the Bourne supremacy. <laughs> she explained exactly. to me. Pick that up right away. And uh, to my far left over here is Heather Beach's dad, Wayne Beach. Yes, he does, he he agreed to fill in for uh, one of the power panel. Uh, that, that so we we've got some testosterone on the show this morning. <laughs> thank goodness <laughs> to balance out. Now, yeah, <laughs> to balance things out. So, um, but uh, yeah, we're we welcome them the the power panel here this morning to talk about uh, issues. And uh, first thing we want to do is congratulate everyone out there uh, for that last election last year, last week. Absolutely. Uh, we were on here on Election Day, and uh, we defeated uh, the sales tax. It was a battle. We had a fight, like tooth and nail, to get that passed. So proud. So, well, not to get it passed. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so what were the what were the percentages, Heather? I bet you it know. was what nineteen percent of people in Little yeah, voted? like seventeen to nineteen percent. And but but what was the balance between for and against? It was I like sixty seven to yeah, thirty two, like something 7, like that. Seven thousand that was against the, the tax, and then maybe. Three to four thousand yeah. that were against it or something. So yeah, we'll round um, it up like Wayne yeah, says, and we'll round it and, up. Um, Wayne, I, I don't know if your microphone's on, uh, Heather. Do you, Heidi is is Wayne's microphone on? Do you, can you tell? I don't see any lights. <laughs> if the lights not on, ain't nobody home. <clears throat> she is. Uh, we have an engineer working on it. You can hear me now. Uh, yeah, he's stealing stealing. Stealing Megan's microphone, yeah. yeah. So y'all can y'all can use the same mic there until she fixes it. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, uh, uh, but yeah, it, it was a it was a good turnout. Um, um, I think uh, Little Rock has spoken that they're tired of taxes. Absolutely, so tired of taxes. But tired of you know what? <laughs> Guess what? It's the the battle's not over. We got two more special elections coming, yeah. trying to raise our taxes. We got the um, 
Uh, well, one of them is, is the library. I think the next one up is the library tax. And the next one is after that is the school board elections. Now, <clears throat> you know, I'm a conservative guy. I try to be um, a good, good uh, a steward of, of money and using um, um, just common sense. Why, why couldn't you just do both of those in one election? Right. They got to be sneaky about it. <laughs> we, we had a we had a bill that tried to kill the special elections here in the state. The last one that I I, I remember, and there's one guy that killed it. He voted for it in the committee, mm-hmm. but when he come on the floor, he stood up. When they called his name, he just stood up out of his chair with his phone to his ear, and he was talking to somebody apparently. Mm-hmm. And he didn't Almost vote. always. And he didn't vote. And that was Mr. James Sturch. Oh, my gosh. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, when when was that? That wasn't my bill because this had to be after my bill ran. It was. It, I, I want to say it was in the uh, either the 91st or the 92nd uh, session. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, you so. know, you got somebody there with a, with a history. And, yeah. and that was when he was a representative yeah. before he became senator. But he right. stood up, and that was the one vote. That would have would have stopped the uh, special election. He did the exact same thing with the critical race theory ban that they were trying to push through. He was his vote that kept critical race theory in the schools. No kidding. Yeah, sounds like he is into some power tripping. Yeah, come on, buddy. And he well, is it's not just that. A He's Republican. Yeah. Well, no, well. Democrats are actually supporting him. So I've been talking to huh. quite a few people up in Batesville um, about him, and I think they're going to try to get him out. This next election. He's up in Batesville. He's up in Batesville. Mm-hmm. You know Judge Griffin up there? I do. County judge? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he used to be a Democrat. And and uh, the whole corn court up there, a lot of those were Democrats. Yeah. And uh, he made a statement to all of them and said, look, so if we're going to do something here, we're going to have to change our D's to an R. And so they all became Republicans. And then they all said, we have to support if we're going to get our agenda through, we're going to have to support James Sturch. And that's what happened. Yep. And if you remember, Linda <clears throat> Collins ran against him. Yeah. Linda won all the other districts in that area up there, yep. except, except for, for Baseville. Yep. Yeah. And and those people in Baseville all voted for the R. Yeah. And that's the reason. If they actually knew more about James, yep. I guarantee they would be, yep. they'd be livid. Yeah. I spoke to him um, at the Capitol and it was pretty heated and i told him i said why did you do this and he's like well this is how i personally feel i said well did your constituents do you think they want to have critical race theory in their school i mean because they're the ones that voted you in so you're there to represent them not your own personal feelings right about things right you know? and and yeah you when you're a when you're in the legislature you have to be careful you know you've got your own feelings and your own right. um uh, thoughts about things but you know, you're there representing your constituency, exactly. and you have to listen to them. Right. I've I can't tell you how many times I've I've had to do that, and where I didn't quite go along with with, uh, um, you know, uh, the issue myself personally, right. I had to listen to my constituency. Right. Exactly. And that's that's what you got to do. Those are people to put you there. Exactly. That's who you work for. Those are your. Those are your customers. Right. You know, exactly. You so. didn't vote yourself in. They <clears throat> no. voted you in yeah. to represent them. And he kept saying, well, you know, we don't have that problem in Batesville. I said, but your vote against it is going to affect the whole entire state. So I yeah. live here in Little Rock, which is a very liberal area. So they're going to teach it here at the schools in Little Rock. Right. So, you know, we're going to have repercussions from it. 
whether you like it or not, because these kids that are growing up in these more liberal schools, they're going to be taught critical race theory and they're going to grow up and they're going to be voters. So we're going to be paying for it one way or another. So. And, and what did you do because of that? What did I do? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Last year, your kids were going to, to uh, Holy yeah, Souls. This yeah, year, my, you're homeschooling them? Mm-hmm, I'm homeschooling them. Yeah, they were teaching forms of critical race theory at the private yeah. Catholic school here in Little Rock. At a private school, for yep. Pete's sake. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, they're teaching it at my son's school as well. and it's you know Which school is that? Sheridan. Sheridan. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's like part of their you know curriculum but you know he's in a a government class and they've been talking about this critical race stuff and i I just feel they have a government class in school nowadays i'm Mm -hmm. I'm blown away yeah i know i was excited (laughs) for him to take it until i you know heard what they were talking about um and i I just feel like it's uh irresponsible i guess for uh senator sturch to say it doesn't affect batesville and so i'm just gonna vote how i feel you know because you know it does affect a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, unfortunate that he had yeah. admitted that to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, again, when you're a legislator, you 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 represent your specific district, but at the same time, you have to realize that what you do affects the entire state. Right. Exactly. So you work for the entire state of Arkansas. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are in Batesville, we've got to find somebody to primary him and <laughs> get him out. <laughs> Okay, I got a bright. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. I have a bright red light on the table. So, nice. So Yay, I'm good. You're back yeah. on. You're, you're back on. on. You're on. Megan is over here pointing at my light. Says, "Look here. You got yeah, use your own microphone. <laughs> Leave mine alone. Yeah. Dead in front of you, girl. Okay. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I think the uh, uh, critical race theory, is in, as well as the 1619 project and the uh, white privilege walk that uh, that they were teaching over, they we we actually had that happen over there. At, uh, we found a lot out about the school of math and science. Mm-hmm. It was last year, or year before last, I believe it was the year before last, and uh, Representative Brant Smith was over there, uh, basically with two of his t- constituents. Basically, he wanted to find out what was going on, <clears throat> and the question got down to it, and what happened is that they were actually blocking or in a in kind of a political way keeping people from uh teachers from uh, uh representing or or sponsoring a uh a republican student club right they do the democrat club but they they were basically ostracized if they if they tried to push a uh, a republican uh um uh, agenda mm-hmm. any way at all and uh no, there was, that that turned into a pretty pretty good fiasco. We had a full room that night, and there were some tears and things that actually came out that night. I think uh, one one student even uh, had said that he he was sexually molested at the school. Wow! And that and that blew. Of course, as we found some facts about it later on, but uh, uh, he had he had said that, and and Brant and I looked at each other, and he said, "I said, you know, that's not good," and he said. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good at all. I'd like to see him follow up on some of that stuff, too. This is the math and science school? Yeah, math and science school. Mm. It's run by the University of Arkansas, basically, over there. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Well, this is uh, this is a good time for us to uh, to take a break. It's 617 this morning uh, on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're about 75 degrees outside on the last day of summer. And uh, we're going to be right back with a power panel right after these messages. Good morning, this is Alan Curry, and for Dave Ellswick on the Dave Ellswick Show on this bright um, 
uh, last day of summer morning in Arkansas. Yeah, everybody, Fun. everybody's sad. Supposed yeah. to be raining today. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be raining. Okay. No, well, it's pretty. 75 degrees outside right now at 6:22 a.m. I've got the power panel here with me this morning. We've got Heather Beach, Megan Bourne is the Bourne in uh, supremacy, and and uh, and we got uh, Heather's dad Wayne Beach in here as a power panel. He's kind of helped me this week to kind of balance out, you know. So we're we're two two against two. I have to apologize that the uh, the Facebook Live is is not working real well this morning. It's uh, kind of on the fritz, you know. So uh, you know, technology is great only when it works. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so that all so I apologize for those out there trying to pick us up on Facebook, but uh, uh, you can, you can go to uh, to the app and and use the app and pick up the show or just hey, turn on your radio. There you go. Everybody still have a radio? I got like yeah. a radio. Or like Biden says, turn on your record player. Yeah. Either way. Either way. That's right. Well, we're 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 talking uh politics this morning here and uh with the power panel and uh we've we've um kind of taken our victory lap on the on the beating of the sales tax last week and uh uh focusing our our, our attentions to what's what lies ahead. We've got a, a a library tax coming up, and then after that, a school board election. And we have to we got to elect a school board, and we got to have you know. That's scary. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Let me tell you about a. That's a tough job. Let me tell you, I, one of my neighbors is one of the folks is on on a school board, and he's he's decided that he's done. Oh, I imagine so. <laughs> I blame him. I imagine so. We had a great win down in Sling County last night. Our quorum court and our county judge. Mm-hmm voted unanimously i mean overwhelmingly yes on a we just basically affirmed that Sling county is a pro-life sanctuary county in the state of arkansas yay i wish i had an applause button right here yeah Yeah. (laughs) huge victory yeah Yeah. huge victory i want i want everybody to know that i want to know which county is going to be the next one we already have benton county and What's the other one up there that's up in that area? Uh, Washington County. Washington County. There you yeah, go. They're both, they both went to the sanctuary, uh, the pro-sanctuary line. And what does that mean, a sanctuary? Basically is is that they just basically affirm that they all believe right. that that uh, in, in being pro-life. All right. I, I uh, asked everybody. I stood around. I talked to the group last night. And I, and I turned around and asked everybody in the, in the uh, gallery. <laughs> And it was a packed house. Mm-hmm. And I asked everybody, I said, who in here? I want you to stand up if you're pro-life. And about 99% of the people stood up. Yeah. I think the only ones that didn't were some government officials, and they couldn't. They yeah. couldn't. They mm-hmm. weren't allowed to show anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, ladies, why don't, why don't you tell us what you – how do you feel about that that uh, that situation, that vote? I'm excited about it. Very, uh, very, very excited. Pro-life. Yep. Me too. And Saline County is one of the most conservative counties, not just in Arkansas, but it's actually one of the most conservative counties in the United States. Yes, it is. So it's a, that was a big win for them. They yeah. put a staple saying that we are pro-life. So We are the center of the universe, as Doyle Webb said. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Doyle Webb, the center of the universe. Yeah. County. We also had um, a big win for Sheridan School District last night. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. Listen to this. So, yeah, we, what happened in Sheridan? We well, we had a, a school board meeting three weeks ago and uh, discussing whether or not they wanted to keep a mask uh, choice, you know, basically. And um, they gave us. They said, "Well, we're going to give you guys three weeks to see if we can get the numbers down." 
And in those three weeks, they created a uh, COVID task force um, with several of our, our, it was just one school board member that kind of headed it up and then he grabbed in a bunch of teachers and things. And they did an actually a really um, good job. I mean, we, we congratulated them last night on how um, a good of a job they did. They went, we, our numbers for the entire Sheridan school district were in the 600s as far as quarantining. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and our problem as parents is that, you know, we have to work. And if our kids are every other day, you know, turning around, they have to be quarantined. Um, and they're not even sick. And the people that they're exposed to, it's, they're not even for sure positive. We wanted something to change. And so in the past three weeks... Um, they dropped those 600 um, plus numbers down to 200 yeah. and something. So it was one percent of the school district mm-hmm. went from. Yep, it was one percent. I thought they said something like four percent. I'm not sure, but that's that's amazing. It's a huge jump from like 16 to 19 percent down to four to one percent, whatever yep. it was. But they did a good job. They came up with with plans and. Uh, How did they sorry. do that? Um, think what he was saying is that they um, were able to do better with the contact tracing, basically, and not sending children home that um, were just suspected. You okay. know? And that's something also that they said that they can um, make it even less, you know, if right. they, because um, the, you know, the uh, dashboard has been a little bit of discrepancy between our dashboard and mm-hmm. the um, the CDC website on how many people are actually sick in our district. And so they said the reason there's a little bit of discrepancy is because we have so many kids that are just suspected. And so if we can right. like yeah, that's good. Yeah. In other words, overreaction. Yeah. Yes. Common <laughs> sense. Just using common sense. That's all it you know. Yeah. Well, that For doesn't sure. happen in government. Um, <laughs> Apparently not school lot. boards either, you know. The, the over yeah. the overreaction thing is it just it kills me. I mean, so you go from something, yeah, we probably need to manage that a little bit. And then they they swing so far right. and, and to do it the and, and pretty much do away with it. Well, no, that's an overreaction. We we need you know, we need that service. So, you know, it, it, yeah. know. Oh, it, it, we're, it just we're really never fails. happy and proud that, that they have come up with solutions for us and are using common sense. Now, a lot of other school districts can pay attention to this. And, uh, you know, a lot of our kids that are, are um, quarantined, but they're not sick and they're not going to be sick are showing up at the football games and things like that. So, right. you know, use common sense. <clears throat> kids aren't sick and they're still showing up with the you know, at the football games, right. then why are they being stuck? And at they home? had a packed house. If it was like yes. the first meeting down there, I yeah. mean, oh, it yeah. was a packed house yeah. and there were people standing on their tippy toes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they moved it this yeah. time, actually, so we would have more room. Yeah. What, you mean not six feet apart? Oh, yeah. They pointed that out, too. They had a parent yeah. choice rally Sunday um, that I went to down in Sheridan at the courthouse. And uh, Senator Trent Garner showed up, and I was really happy that he showed up. And um, at that community down there, they are just, they are patriots. I was very, very pleased with them. And I just, oh, I just want so many people, you know, just to really pay attention to that. So I know we're getting cut off of time. We got, we got about 20 seconds left. Okay. I'm here with the power panel this morning in with Dave, for the Dave Ellswick show. This is Alan Kerr uh, sitting in for Dave Ellswick. We'll be right back after these uh, messages and uh, some traffic and weather. Good morning. This is Alan Kerr in for Dave Ellswick on the Dave Ellswick Show on a bright uh, Tuesday morning. I think it's probably uh, not so bright outside. It's <laughs> it's cloudy. Dark. It's it's uh, um, about 75 degrees at uh, 635 this morning. We're here with a power panel. 
and uh, we now have Facebook up. That the, these ladies went all the trouble to. I asked them all to go. I said, "How do you look so good at five thirty in the morning?" And she said that it's called getting up at at three thirty. Three thirty. It's called three thirty in the morning. <laughs> so my goodness, but uh, yeah, our Facebook is up now. I apologize for the uh, the first half hour for it being down, just technical issues, or we're going to blame it on Facebook. Yeah, yep. yeah, yep. yeah. And, so, and the hair flipping. Don't and, and hair, the hair yeah. Well, yeah. Soon as, <laughs> well, you know, you as soon as they told us it was up, hair. Heather started flipping her hair. <laughs> my goodness. Well, yeah. to my right here, if you're looking on Facebook, uh, is we've got Heather, Heather Beach. Hello. And Good morning. Uh, we've got here in the center, we got Megan Bourne, uh, as in the Bourne supremacy. I love that. That's how she described her name, so I'd, I'd know how to spell it. And we got her got we got Heather's uh, dad over here Wayne Beach kind of helped me balance things out this morning. So yeah, right. testosterone is is in the house. That's right. That's right. We're uh, we're an even match this morning. So, but we're here talking uh, um, everything's uh, all all things uh, politics and and all things social um, and uh, uh, we've kind of unpacked the uh, uh, the elections that we we won. Uh, the defeat of the uh, uh, sales tax last week, so we don't have to to pay more for our my egg biscuit at Chick Fil A. I God. was really concerned about that. No, I would yes. be too. <laughs> I heard but, y'all last week talking about if we had let this pass, that we would have a higher tax in New York City. Yes, yes, that's yes, mm-hmm. and California. Crazy. I mean, I don't want to be I, just you know Arkansas is such a a an affordable place to live. Um, cost of living here is probably less than anywhere else in the country. Right. Um, and, and, and for the, the, the value of life, the quality of life that you have here, uh, for that is, is so great. Um, we're probably the best kept secret in the country. Yeah. Um, really surprised at people. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> we just got to get our taxes down. That's the only yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the last two governors have been working on taxes, getting those down, uh, especially for, for things like drugs and, um, uh, uh, groceries and so forth and and here we go we've got the local politicians trying to trying to undo all that and Make erase all that all that yes. uh, all that ground that we've made so frank scott needs <clears throat> to go asap luckily we have some some good people coming in uh hopefully yeah. she's gonna take that yeah we got yeah. who, who are the steve candidates landers. we got we got steve landers steve that, landers uh, is gonna be running for announced. mayor yeah yeah like we have uh, yep. one of our power panel um uh members yeah. has uh left us to go work 100 percent for steve landers yeah, miss dallas yeah so she's gonna do an excellent job i'm sure she will yeah. i'm sure she will I'm glad she's with him. that gal's yeah. got He's it lucky. she's got energy she does she, has she a lot does of have a lot of energy and steve is gonna need that especially here in little rock but i'm very excited i hope he wins we've got to get rid of frank he's just he's a tyrant <laughs> Let's not go that far. Well, yeah. he is. He is. <laughs> and, and I mean, he was you, out we, marching with. Well, no, I'm not going to We had that. some good wins, and we talked about we talked about the win down in Saline County yep. with the uh, uh, the basically reaffirming that we uh, uh, Saline County is a uh, pro life uh, county, right? Mm-hmm. And we had the school board down in down in, in Sheridan, Sheridan yes, that yes. that uh, got rid of the mass mandate down right. there, yep. and, right. uh, and reduced the quarantine by by a huge number, right? Yeah, so proud of them. Yeah, so that kids can actually go to school and, and, and have, we'll learn. have an option. Well, yeah, have an kids option if they want to wear. Well, let me ask you this: yeah. were, the, were the teachers in Sheridan? Were they what? Where, what side were they on? Were they kind of split? Were well, they? You know? To be honest, I think they were kind of split. Um, 
we had a few teachers reach out to our our conservative group that we talked about. You know, they're they're going against a mandate. Um, but you know, at the meetings, there's a lot of teachers that showed up, and there were four masks. They wanted to mask the kids. Um, but then when you go to the school, I was up at the school last week myself, um, and I want to say two out of every ten teachers have on masks. Yeah. So you know, they can say one thing, but they're not wearing masks themselves, which they get the option now. Um, then it's hard for them to to come up there and say, okay, we want to mask your kids all day. Um, yeah. right. Well, I think, you know, as, as a parent, if I want to make my kids wear a mask all day for their protection, that's, that's my choice. Right. right. I should, you know, I can do that. I do a lot of things to protect my kids. I put coats on them. Right. I make sure they got good shoes. Right. You right. know, and if, and if a mask is part of their ensemble, um, then, uh, then yeah, it's yeah. great. I'm going to tell you, I think what the key is, is that the community has to be involved in these school board meetings. Cause it's like, I went to the Bryant school board meeting, last week and Bryant school district is probably one of the biggest school districts in Arkansas. And there were probably like maybe 30 people there out of one of the biggest school districts. And then I go down to Sheridan and I mean, what, how many people were in Sheridan? I mean, it was packed over hundred something people. Yeah. Over hundred something people. And they're having rallies. Like they had a rally (laughs) Sunday. Senator Trent Garner came down. I mean, that's what it takes. It takes numbers showing up. Yeah. And mm-hmm. saying, we're not going to do this. You're not going to mask our kids. We want an option. You're taking away from our parental rights. Um, yeah. So I just, you know, I really feel like it, it takes a community effort. So, you know, Bryant School District, you guys right. really need to step up and, mm-hmm. and show up to these school board meetings and put your foot down. Because if they only see 30 people sitting out in a the crowd, they're going to think, they're oh, well, they want. we don't really need to listen to you. you it know? takes really it just takes one or two people to actually put together a group, which right. I was trying to help Bismarck um, do this, put together a group. And then it just grows and grows. Everybody knows each other in these small towns. And that's how Sheridan was able to get yep. a big group. And let me tell you, had we not showed up three weeks ago to the first school board meeting, nobody would have put together that uh, COVID task force. Yep. We had to come up there and advocate for our children and say, we are not OK with 600 plus children being quarantined when we only have 28 positive cases in the entire district. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they put together that task force. They were able to greatly reduce our numbers in three weeks, three weeks. And yeah. had we not done that, it wouldn't have happened. I fully believe that. Again, again, they, they, all these situations, they tend to overreact. And I, I can give you example after example of, of overreaction. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know mm-hmm. we're talking about um, the mass deal. You know, that you remember uh, uh, you heard about Dr. Smith up in Fayetteville getting arrested. Uh, the oh, yes, uh, the mayor of Fayetteville, basically it was, a, it was an open public meeting and, yeah. and, uh, and he was told to put a mask on. Mm-hmm. He came in without a mask, along with uh, some other people, and he was told to put a mask on or he'd be arrested. And so he had him arrested and thrown in jail. Yep. I, uh, again, over a mask. Overreaction. Yes. Yeah, overreaction. Ask the man to leave, but don't arrest him. No, put handcuffs on him. I mean, had the, had the right. Oh, my gosh. And, that's, and now we're trying to raise money for his defense up there. You know, and he yeah. said, he said, he, he told the mayor, says, Enforce the law. Enforce the law. And, and the mayor just kept kept after him right there. And the mm-hmm. vid- it's all videoed. Yeah. It's all videoed. And that's what's really disturbing is it's videoed. And there was a pretty good reaction yeah. about it. And I talked to, you know, Nikki Beaver and, and some of those up there. They're they're helping try to raise money for his defense. And what's what, who is this now? Dr. Smith. What's his first, you know his first name? I don't remember his okay. first name offhand. Okay. Well, we should be able to look it up. It's, it's, it's probably right? in the. What's that? Is he a chiropractor? Is that? I'm I'm not sure. I just like I said I know he goes by Doctor Smith. Yeah. yeah, he came in in scrubs, I think. And, yeah, and uh, 
Right. But they, they, uh, the mayor had him arrested. So go ahead and put the handcuffs on him again. Overreaction. Just, Dream. just uh, escort him out of the building. And he told six people, foot away many, from him when he was talking. Yeah. To him. There's yeah. too many elected officials who also have assumed authority instead of actual authority, legal just authority, legal authority. Yeah. So right. legal authority, they have assumed authority. So I mean, that's what we're dealing with with the school boards. Is like they have assumed authority, and they, you know. I talked to my niece that goes to Fayetteville up there, and yeah. she told me that she said that. uh it's the kids up there are uh, most of the kids mm-hmm. are pretty pretty conservative so they 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 don't wear a mask they go downtown and says most of the shop owners and, and store owners down there and their restaurants and things they they don't enforce it real heavy there's a couple of them that do but that most of them don't yeah once they get in you know they they pull a mask down and she said even in the classrooms uh, you know, they're just not really enforced, except there's a few teachers up right. there that will see it down below your nose and kind of, right. and they'll stop the class and then they'll do like this, you know, pull it back above right. your nose. And uh, I think that uh, they they just haven't had, they're not following the science. Well, yeah. And, and you go you go into Kroger right now uh, here in Little Rock and uh, there's about half of the people in there uh, have a mask on there, but the other half don't. You know, and and I don't have any problem with that. If I'm worried about somebody without a mask, I, I go to the next aisle. I stay away from them. You know, right. you don't. Overreact. I, I don't. I don't overreact. I don't. Don't go find a a, a manager at Kroger and tell them this guy's got to put a mask on. You know, right. it, it's ridiculous. It's I, a personal choice. Yeah. It should always be a personal is, choice. And we have a rally it, coming up next Wednesday. Yeah. About medical freedom. Oh yeah. So um, the 29th at twelve o'clock at the Capitol here in Little Rock. Yeah, and what's that rally for? Medical freedom. Medical freedom. It's who's, a medical freedom who's sponsoring rally. that? Who's uh, well, that Jan on? Morgan put it together. <clears throat> um, and we're going to have several senators speaking. I'm actually going to be a speaker. I'm kind of excited about it. You're going to be a speaker. I am. I'm a little nervous, but so I'm going to get up there. <laughs> <laughs> I may have to see that. Yeah, we, yeah. we have a pretty good list of uh, uh, speakers that's going to be uh, Judge Wood day. from mm-hmm. Washington County. Yeah. He's running for lieutenant mm-hmm. governor. Joseph Wood. Yeah, Joseph yeah. Wood. Yep. Iverson Jackson. Yeah, Iverson Jackson. Mm-hmm. Alan, ja- uh, Alan Clark. Uh-huh. Uh, Dan Sullivan. <laughs> yeah. I believe Brent Smith will be there. Wow. There's, there's, a, there's a pretty Trey good lineup of folks. That's a... Uh, Sheriff... Chris Brown is supposed to be there. Yeah. yeah, you know Chris Brown. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's supposed to be there. There's going to be a pretty good crowd yeah. of folks there. That, My goodness, yeah. that, I'm so uh, glad that we're doing that. And we're expecting a lot of people from around the state yeah. to show up. And we basically, I know the governor said, well, says the Constitution won't allow you to uh, introduce any bills during that time. But sometimes it's kind of like Governor Fosbus said a long time ago. Said just because I said it doesn't necessarily make it so. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we're going to take this moment to uh, to take a little break, and I'm um, here with Heather Beach, Megan Bourne, Wayne Beach. Uh-huh. Uh, here, we're there. That's the power panel this morning. Um, I don't know if uh, Heidi's listening to me at this point. Um, you wave at her. Oh, there she is. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take a little break and uh, <laughs> um, make some money. Have some advertisements here. Um, we're here uh, this morning on the last day of uh, of summer of 2021 it's risen to 77 degrees outside at uh 646 this morning and uh this is alan curry in for the dave ellswick show we'll be right back good morning this is alan curry in for dave ellswick on the dave ellswick show we're in our last segment of the power panel here this morning we had some lively discussion uh it's 77 degrees outside on a uh, tuesday and uh the last day of summer 
2021. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And yeah. my wife's got me out stacking firewood all last year. <laughs> yeah. Already stacking firewood. <laughs> I've, got, I've got six cords of firewood, and, and, and I burned maybe a, a cord, a cord and a half all winter long. All winter. Yeah. We yeah. got through some wood. Well, mind. you know, you never know. You're, you're stacking wood for the apocalypse, you know. So you never know. <laughs> for somebody. For somebody, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're here with Heather Beach, Megan Bourne, and uh, Heather's dad, Wayne Beach, in for the power panel. And uh, we're we're talking all things politics this morning and and uh, um, talking about all the great things that we've been able to accomplish in just the last, what, 30 days. Yes. My goodness, yeah. I knew it was going to be a busy month. It was a busy yes. month. Yes. People are waking up and they are paying attention to what's going on. Yeah. They're realizing how important our local government is instead of just... Well, where are you on the next uh, on the on the library tax? That's any coming tax up? I'm <clears throat> against. Any tax, and any Republican should always be against any tax. I mean, that's just common sense to me. It should be. So it should be. Not should always never vote happens to make you way. pay more money on something. So yeah. Well, I've I've always voted against taxes and yeah. always worked against taxes, and they still keep flowing in from somewhere you I mean, know we have great libraries here in uh pulaski county right. great libraries, we do. and um a lot of them have been closed during this whole time so you know i don't really know why we need to i think those things should be charity funded to be honest i mean that's just you know well <clears throat> um here's the thing and and at the at my wife is the uh, chairman of the republican committee here in, yes. in pulaski county yes. and uh um we is had some folks <clears throat> yeah yeah I love her dad. yeah she's, yeah, she's great <laughs> she's great um we had some folks at the last meeting um stand up and talk about the library attacks and you know we, i use the library she this the lady that spoke against it uses the library the libraries are a good resource for everyone i love, libraries. I love yeah. libraries but <clears throat> it, it comes down to where's the money going exactly what are you going to be spending it on? Um, what's is the return it, on investment? What's the return? Yes. Uh, does the public actually get a uh, a good uh, return for that investment that they make on on that tax? So, uh, it, just because it's a library, everybody thinks they're going to run out and vote for it. I, I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. I, I, You're yeah. going to have to explain to me yes. in detail. What are you going to be doing with that right. money? And what other uh, income streams do you have that might come into either right. through charitable organizations right. or or things just like she said? Is it, it doesn't have to all be charity. You can yeah. still have the basics like keeping the lights on and stuff right. like that and keeping books uh, uh, turned over. But I honestly believe that, you know, we used to be a real charitable organization here until the government found out that they, they that there's big money in charity. Right. Mm-hmm. There and, is big money in charity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, when it, when your money goes to a thirty million dollar killer giraffe, right? And, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, we won't talk about that. Plenty of taxes yeah. in Little Rock. Our taxes are just—I mean, we play we pay high taxes. It's just the mismanagement taxes. Yeah, That's just, we have a lot of nice things. I mean, like I said, with, with the libraries. I mean, yeah. gosh, we have amazing library system. The cows, if y'all we don't do. know about it, but we do. I don't know why we need to add any more taxes to it because it's great. Well, and and when I was a state representative, I'm a big believer in the zoo. You know, I I love the zoo. It's a it's a good resource for our our community, yeah. and um, it it's it's an award winning zoo. But and, and the director of the zoo, I've supported her um, um, all along. When I was a state rep, we took um, some 
uh, I forget what they call it, the, the, the leftover money that after we make all the appropriations for the state, they, they, they take the balance and they split it out among the, or they used to split it out among the, the state reps and the senators to go back to our districts and, and use that money. And, and I had a couple times I had, um, uh, a chunk of money go to the zoo and for improvements and, uh, repairs and right. and those kind of That's things good. and i knew exactly what they were going to spend it on yeah. we even had we had one um one year that they they took the money and put together a um a, a playground for disabled children okay and it's yeah. really cool you ought to yeah. go back and see it they got they got a plaque up there with my name on it okay you know? cool yeah. yeah no big deal <laughs> but deal. uh but it's it's a it's a cool little playground for disabled children so that they can have fun when they're there too so mm-hmm. um you know those things are worthwhile and 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 the return on that investment is is great but i knew what they were going to spend it on before i did the right. appropriation right, right. right. You know, it was like going something. for security for the mayor yeah oh. <laughs> do <laughs> not get me started let me, bring, let me bring this up is that, <laughs> we've got a lot of federal money floating out there nowadays a lot of yeah. federal mm-hmm. money yes and and I I first said when they first started flowing into the state, I said somebody better be watching this stuff mm-hmm. because it sen- it tends to disappear. Yep. It does real disappear. Easy. Yeah, it disappears yeah. very quickly, and you wonder what it goes to. Well, I and mean, we got a lot of money hanging out there that's supposed to go to um, renters uh, to pay their rent, and and for land owners or property owners. Who aren't getting their rent? That's not getting and, it, and and they're not getting it. Yep. It's 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 stuck. Yep, yep. I agree. It's uh, stuck. So yeah, um, we've got just a few minutes here. Um, we'll kind of wrap up the power panel and uh, um, <laughs> wrap up the power panel. Yeah. <laughs> we've been out. <laughs> yeah, um, we've we've been here with Heather Beach, uh, Megan Bourne, her uh, Heather's dad Wayne Beach, avid duck hunter. We were oh, talking yeah. ducks before, uh, yeah. uh, and uh, we, we've covered a lot of ground. Um, let's uh, anything else going on that you want to talk about before uh, before we head out? Just want to remind them on the, the 29th of yes, September, yes, yes, yes. we have a medical freedom rally, yes. and it's for it's for all those people that have been had their jobs threatened because they didn't take the jab. Okay, yeah. and it's also about the mask. the jab, meaning the 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 shot, the vaccine, yeah. right? Yeah, right. the jab, as well as, <laughs> as as well as that, and they and they need to understand that there are a lot of other alternatives out there mm-hmm. that's not being promoted, like the right. Uh, right. Uh, a lot. Was it the, uh, uh, the monoclonal? Am- yeah, the antibodies. Uh, right. Yeah. Right, and that's and we we need to bring that. We're going to have some great speakers that day at twelve noon on yes. Capitol Steps on the September twenty ninth. We yes. have a good turnout. Yes, yes. Be there yeah, or be square. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. Thank you. All right, folks. Thank you. This has been Alan Kerr on the Dave Ellswick Show with the Power Panel. Uh, y'all did a great job. Well, thanks. Have for a great you week, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll see you. Um, next week yeah. i won't be here dave will be back thank goodness and uh, uh well, I, I won't have to you. get up in early anymore neither will um, well you will I you will do, yeah you always look great well, when you come here for the well. for the facebook thing so anyway <laughs> <laughs> this is alan kerr in for the day of ellswick show on the last day of summer stay tuned we've got the uh the the bible guys yeah, coming I- in next for the next hour
pavement glistening Touchdown, I fall into your arms Right where I belong, your everlasting arms And where would I be without you, without you Good morning, this is Alan Curry, and for Dave Ellswick on the Dave Ellswick Show, it's 7.06 a.m. at 77 degrees outside on the last day of summer. Mm. Everybody have a moment of silence for the summer of 2021. <laughs> yes. Uh, tomorrow's the first day of fall, and uh, um, I'm kind of ready for it. It's been hot. It's been dry. Yep. And we've been sitting here looking at the weather forecast, and we're supposed to have a little bit of rain here in the next few days. But the weekend's supposed to look nice. So yes. uh, looking forward to that. I'm here with the Bible guys this morning. <clears throat> we got the full panel, all three of them. Uh, here we got Scott Stewart here in the center, uh, Billy Miller over here on my, my left, and uh, we got Steve Hess here on my far right here. And uh, we're on Facebook. Everybody say hi to everybody on Facebook. Hello, hello. <clears throat> so uh, uh, we're going to talk about uh, religion and, and all things Bible. These fellows are here from the Agape Church. And uh, um, they know a lot. And I mean, when I say a lot, they know details, details. I was here last week with these guys, and uh, they they drilled way down. Uh, That's because and, Steve wasn't here. Right. It's because Steve wasn't here, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Okay. So we have to kind of lift it up a little bit. Yeah. Steve. So we brought so coloring books. For we're going to we're going to be more general, I guess, and, and speak more on a on a uh, elementary level. But. <laughs> Anyway, well we've we've got some uh, we've got some interesting questions here this morning sent in by our our listeners, um, and uh, we're going to kind of dive into these. Um, is there any particular particular one or order you guys want to take this in? Uh, why don't we Why don't we start with well uh, Why don't we start with the one that breaks it down for all of us individually? Uh, three part question. Yeah, there's a three part question. The three part question. Yeah. Okay. Well, here we go, uh, dear Bible guys. I have three. I have a three part question. Asked to each of the Bible guys individually. Wow, mm. they're 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 now calling you out individually. Right. <laughs> uh, Pastor Steve, do you think that the church world is moving closer to its Hebrew roots, or does the rise in the anti-Semitic violence and so many churches that are now trying to unhitch from the Jewish scriptures, indi- in, indicative is a word to the fact <laughs> that we have not really made much progress? Hmm. Jump in there, no, Pastor I, Steve. I, I believe that we are moving simply because when um, when we, we first started the church in Sherwood, the mm-hmm. Sabbath congregation in Sherwood called Key Light Israel, that was in September of 2009. We started with about 15 people, and there were only a handful of um, Sabbath churches and Hebraic roots kind of churches around. And now it is not uncommon for several churches to be having Passover seders and then Sukkot mm-hmm. festivals and to talk about these things. So more and more pastors are actually talking about it just because there's a um, another group of people that are getting a little ignorant and foolish and they're moving away and trying to, quote unquote, unhitch from the Old Testament. There's actually another group of people that are going, no, it makes sense to find out what it is that God told the people of Israel to do and to about the Sabbath, about right. the feast and, and how – so much of Jesus's ministry happened during that. And we've we've got a Sabbath congregation at Agape, the, the one in Sherwood still going strong. There's several groups around the state. So yeah. it has been nothing but a growth since we first started that one in September of 2009. So I would say that we're starting to see more and more people come to it, not move away from it. I'd like to, I'd like to just throw in there, um, you know, statements like um, there was, we, we all, I think most of us know, there's a very well-known individual who said we need to unhitch from the the Jewish scriptures, things like that, 
are just blatant ignorance. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. there are more quotes in the book of Revelation than there are there are more quotes in the book of Revelation from the Old Testament than there are verses in the book of right. Revelation. Right. To, to unhitch would be to completely misunderstand what the text actually says. And then you have to deal with the fact when we say that we have everlasting life in Jesus, we know what everlasting life is. But when God said, this is an everlasting command for you, somehow yeah, that word so everlasting doesn't mean everlasting. Right. <laughs> right. It just means to a certain point. Right. The hypocrisy in how we actually try to apply uh, the scripture is quite astounding. And then lastly, uh, just to kind of add to your point, um, what I think is encouraging to say, yes, the, um, the, the root, the Judeo part of our Christian faith is starting to take hold more is, you know, we used to hear all the time God referred to by his name as Jehovah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You, you, that's you don't hear that much Not anymore. Yeah. Now you hear Yahweh, which is actually his name. And for those who don't know, there's no there's no J in the Hebrew alphabet. Right. <laughs> there's no way there is a Jehovah or a Jacob or a Jesus or, a or Jesus. A Judah or anything with a J. So, so where did uh, the J come from? The J actually. <laughs> there was no there was no J in English until yeah. about 350, 400 years ago. And that's where so. it came from. So there is still there's no J in Hebrew today. So what happened is, uh, like Shakespeare, Shakespeare never heard anybody named Jesus, right? Because there was no J in Shakespeare in English. So the J actually appeared in in uh, in English in the um, um, at the mid 1600s. So the original yeah. King James Bible, there are no uh-huh. J's written in the King James Bible. It's all I. They basically they, they had an I, uh, and then the I developed into they added a J. So they added those two things. They added the J. So our our language has morphed over time, uh, but there was no was no J. Uh, and uh, blame it on the politicians. They probably made it. <laughs> and there still isn't a, a J in. Uh, and also, uh, we see more and more now people referring to Jesus by his his real name, which yeah. is Yeshua. I mean, there's. His Hebrew name was Yeshua. He never introduced himself as Jesus. Nobody ever called him Jesus. Right. Uh, and like I just said, even even people in the Shakespearean era never had heard anybody called Jesus before. So I think we see some some movement in that. Um, I agree. So um, um, and we're seeing some songs. We're seeing some more modern songs that that are being sung with the name Yeshua in it. And I think that's yeah. helping as well. Yeah. Um, some of the first references I heard um, at. A church I formerly attended. I, I'm still there occasionally. Uh, some of the first references I heard to Yeshua's because they were singing songs that included the name Yeshua instead of Jesus. Right. And I knew they were starting to edge that direction. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that, that, I'm, it's very promising. Very yeah. promising. Yeah. So Man, it's good. I, I learned so much from you guys. Oh, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> All right. Next question here is uh, Pastor Billy. Yes. Does the rise in AI, AI thank you, and transhumanism really pose a real and present danger to our way of life as believers and if so how should we position ourselves to live within the inevitable fallout that will occur well, maybe just um, what ai is uh, artificial intelligence uh um, well that's kind of what i thought but i didn't think it was that way in this this context <laughs> yeah. so, okay. um so there is a for those uh, 10 seconds here um, no, I can't do anything in ten seconds. Thirty seconds here. Um, there is and a, Billy is he is a cybersecurity guy. I think yes, that's why this yes. question oh, really? asked to him. Yes, yeah. uh, in in my real life, yeah. I, I fight bad guys all day long on the internet. So um, I know who to call. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is a huge move out there to create what is known as a general artificial intelligence. We have lots of specialized artificial intelligence, single-use artificial intelligences. Um, your phone, you're walking around with a single-use artificial intelligence. Google is a single-use artificial intelligence. But there is a desire to create a general-use artificial intelligence. Um, and that is dangerous in that 
the moment you create something that is as intelligent as human, the moment after that, it becomes more intelligent than human. And you cannot I would hope control. if we were going to create something, it would need to be more intelligent than human. I mean, well, we're not that great. Here's, here's the problem. So the, the, classic, the classic example is you create an artificial intelligence um, to, run your, um, to, to run your envelope business, right? right. I, I, I make envelopes for, for cards, and I tell it, make envelopes. And then I forget to tell it. Don't consume everything on the planet, including humans, to make envelopes, right? I didn't tell it. I didn't, it didn't instruct it to be evil. Right. I just didn't give it enough parameters. I assumed I was smart enough to control it. And we as humans um, think we are smart enough to control that sort of thing. Now, here's the problem. Um, you've got a whole bunch of people on the, the, the extremes out there who are talking about we are summoning God. We are creating our own God. Yeah. We will become gods through this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is an effort to um, to displace the God of the universe with the creation of man. Um, the the big brains out there, um, the the Gateses, the Musks, um, they have said this is the most dangerous thing that man has ever undertaken, including nuclear weapons. That we have never done anything more dangerous mm-hmm. than this. And for those who, who don't keep up with it, um, originally, man, the, the futurist said we would reach singularity, which is the moment that a computer becomes as intelligent as a human in about 2050. And then every couple of years, that date moves about five years closer to us, uh, to the point that the, the guys who are most aggressive about that are saying 2025 at this point. In the next three to four years, we will see our first full-blown general AI that is as smart as a human being. Um, that is a super scary world, particularly since we know the side of the fence that is building those sorts of things, right? They are not um, conservative Christian beings out yeah. there who are, who are do- doing those things. So, yes, it's scary. Um, we can talk more about it on the other side. Yes, we will talk more about it on the other side. As Billy describes, all the three Terminator movies and The Matrix. So right. um, <laughs> we're going to take a break right here. I'm Alan Kerr on the Dave Ellsbrook Show here with the Bible Guys. We're going to be right back, and just on the other side, we'll pick up where we right we left off. Good morning. Uh, this is Alan Kerr in for Dave Ellswick on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's 77 degrees on uh, Tuesday morning, 7.21 a.m. I'm here with the Bible guys this morning. And uh, the last question that was posed to Pastor Billy, does the rise in AI and transhumanism really pose a real and present danger? Um, and I've been listening to him as he describes all the Matrix movies and, and – uh, <laughs> Uh, Terminator, and and according to Billy, that we're all doomed. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so yes, if we were only talking about the the natural, I would I would actually be willing to say, yeah, I think we're all doomed. But um, the, does it pose a clear and present danger? I think the answer to that is yes, and, and I think the the big brains out there who study this day in and day out would agree with me. Um, mostly because I form my opinions after listening to those guys, right? So, but um, is it a clear and present danger to? me is it a clear and present danger to you well what's the worst they can do the worst thing to do is kill me mm-hmm. and if if to live is christ and to die is gain then i don't have any fear about right it. right uh, yes um is it going to disrupt our worlds absolutely uh are we going to hear more and more about it absolutely is there anything to be afraid of no there's nothing to be afraid of i, I serve a great big god so mm-hmm. i'm not really worried about what they do i do like to be informed because we do get questions like this occasionally uh and it's it's kind of the world i live in so um but yeah, you need to be need to be keeping your eyes open. And, and the thing is, 
is that it's a bit deceptive. Um, you know, we talked about the fact that you're already you're already interacting with multiple artificial intelligences every day, uh, mm-hmm. whether that is your uh, whether that is your navigation app or your your own Google doing searches, there are there are artificial intelligences behind all of that driving that, uh, and Google is in the um, well, I sort of say they're in the process. They've already got a couple of kind of baby step general artificial intelligences out there. They're just not very powerful yet, um, but that's going to change rapidly. And what we're going to see, what I think we're going to see, is that governments will start surrendering. Um, rights to these things start surrendering decision making to these things we you know what what do you really want do you want a 85 year old incoherent man making decisions on a national level or <laughs> or do you want an artificial intelligence which can consume all of human history in a matter of seconds and then spit out what it thinks is the best course for humans well, Billy, that's that's really a hard decision to make. I'm, <laughs> I'm very torn. In my case, I don't want either of those things. But is um, there a choice number three, please? <laughs> yes, and and that is to stay as close to Christ as you can. There you go. So yes, I, we are entering some dangerous times, but. You know, um, Pastor Steve and I often look at each other and say, what did you expect the end times to look like? Right. Yeah. So we're, we're well, rapidly. Approaching what, what about the, the, the transhumanism aspect of that? Of this? Transhumanism is a desire to become more than human. Um, and they are um, the prediction is currently that mankind will become computer into and eventually um, there's a concept known as a matrioskis brain, which is to literally uh, upload all of human intelligence out of your head and into a giant computer. Right. That is. The, the the current predictions are that man will become immortal by 2100. Um, and it could be that we live for, in, in our natural bodies, for hundreds of years um, by 2050. So they, they um, the medical experts out there who've, who live in that world are saying that the first humans who will, not, who will never die of natural causes have already been born. Um, they're already on Earth today. They simply will not die from natural causes. So, um, I'm pretty sure I that violates. Don't agree. They're going to have well. to come up with some cures for arthritis. Number one, and that's a whole other thing with. when you start getting into what yeah. they're doing with DNA and all that other stuff. Right. Well, now. Yeah. and and um, nanobots, right? I mean, when you can just inject nanobots in and they just go search your body and go, oh, that that's. Uh, the first cancer cell in your body will just get rid of that real quick, and then you're never going to get cancer. It can repair. I mean, they're already doing things um, where they're repairing cell walls and that sort of stuff. Um, they're already doing some of those things. So um, yeah. medical science is progressing at least as fast as computer science is right now. But so. a, a nanobot is not actually a machine, is it? It is a machine. It is a machine, It's yeah. a teeny, teeny, tiny mm-hmm. little machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we're making some. The scary thing is, some of that we are currently making out of protein strands. So out you're of, actually out of metal. Well, that when people pro, think ones, of a machine, they think in of some metal of them are metal. Some of them, uh, some of them are uh, silicone. Carbon. And- well, carbon nanotube is is pretty popular right now. For starters, carbon is is inert in the human body, so we can actually have that in there without causing problems. And it's very small, very strong. Uh, but they're doing some of that with actual protein strands right now, and I think that's the scariest thing because you're taking what is essentially a foreign body and inserting that into your own body. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think Jesus would approve that either. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. What a world. Yeah. Um, good morning. Welcome good to the morning. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome to the to show. The seven o'clock show. Yeah. Um, here with the Bible guys, we're uh, going on the uh, question number three here. Um, uh, Dr. Stewart got a doctorate. Yes, sir. I'm impressed. Uh, <laughs> how how do incorporate 
uh, a, how do you incorporate uh, incorporate a biblical biblical worldview into your church members? And it is taking hold. It's not sure really worded very well. Read that. It wasn't written very well. Uh, I understand your church is holding a festival. I oh, think it's right. a Jewish feast day uh, mm. this weekend. And I was wondering if that was part of and parcel of your teaching method, method methodology to incorporate the biblical worldview. Right. Um, well, uh, the way you teach a biblical worldview is you teach the Bible. Uh, that's pretty, there you go. it's very simple. Uh, but, um, uh, I will go ahead and say this. I was asked to teach it. I was asked to, asked to teach eight hours at one of the local high schools here uh, a couple of years ago. And that it was a worldview class. And they asked me to come in and, and do this from a, from a, um, from a, Christian point of view, and so I asked the 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 teacher. I said, "Are you wanting a are you wanting a Christian worldview or a mm-hmm. biblical worldview? Because there's a difference. Because mm-hmm. Christian worldview can deal with all kinds of denominations and and things like that. And typically, the denominations teach the Bible to a point and they stop. For example, I was raised Southern Baptist. The Bible is full of saying worshiping the Lord. It mentions about lifting your hands to praise the Lord. My church says, "Well, we don't do that." So. We had no biblical world. We, our, our biblical worship wasn't biblical. It was right, denominational. Right. We had traded the word of God for the doctrine of man. And that applies yeah. to uh, whether you're talking about things about um, about giving or about the, the Holy Spirit or healing. All these things that the Bible is is replete with. Um, and we say Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But he doesn't do that today <laughs> and right. that today right. and that today. Well, We've traded a biblical worldview for the doctrine of man. So the difference between a biblical worldview and a and a Christian worldview, in the sense of being Christ, like in Christendom, like a whole bunch of uh, denominations. So, so we taught a biblical worldview. So the way you do it is you teach the Bible, and then right. you then you escort people through how to replace stinking thinking with biblical thinking, and 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 that requires some time because people have been yeah. taught a certain yeah. way, and then you have to say, okay, who do you trust more? the man who made this doctrine up or what God said. And then they'll say, well, what God said, then they'll say, then why do you do this? Uh, well, uh, I was taught that. Okay. Then you were taught wrong. Okay. Because it's what the Bible says. And then you, you slowly do that. And then when it comes to uh, the feast, the Bible says, for example, the feast of Sukkot, which is tabernacle is coming up this coming weekend. Um, not only did uh, God establish, this is a God feast, not a feast of the Jews is God set up. All the patriarchs celebrated, all the prophets celebrated, all the apostles celebrated, Jesus celebrated it. The church doesn't, but he says in the millennial kingdom we'll be celebrating the right, of Tabernacle. Right. So for some reason, everybody in all frames of time do it except for right now the church age. And what that means is we have substituted <clears throat> Bible for the doctrine of man. So you you have to systematically teach the Bible. That's a very, it's a very I think, a very, you know, I don't want to give a simple answer to a difficult problem, but I think that's, that's pretty much uh, I mean, it, it really is it. You, if you want to... You teach the Bible if you right. want a biblical yeah. worldview. And then, of course, then actually practically doing what the Bible says, such as celebrating, is a part of the teaching methodology. Good deal. Well, we're going to have to take a break right here. We've got uh, the Bible guys in this morning uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm Alan Kerr. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay tuned. Good morning. This is Alan Curry in for Dave Ellswick on the Dave Ellswick Show at 7.35 a.m., about 75 degrees outside on the way to 81 for the high. This is the uh, the last day of summer, and uh, uh, we're going to have to say goodbye to summer for 2021 and, and welcome in uh, fall tomorrow. But we're here with the Bible guys this morning. Uh, got Scott Stewart, Bill, Billy Miller, Steve Hess in. 
they're with the Agape Church, and we're we're taking uh, uh, some questions that were sent in by our listeners. Uh, this one in from Seth. I heard you guys talking about Yom Kippur last week, and I was wondering if you could talk about tabernacles this week. Is this something that you think the church uh, should be celebrating? If so, why? From listening to the show, I think you guys uh, will say that it is important, but it would be good to hear why you think so. Hope I'm not assuming too much. Definitely not assuming too much. <clears throat> so, yeah, there's a million and one reasons. Um, Pastor Scott probably knows the statistics off his head, but the um, something like 74, 75 percent of Jesus's teaching ministry happened during the times of the feast. And I gave the quotes how some of the really big stories um, during that during Yeshua's ministry happened during this feast. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's that's one example. Um, the the other reason is when God said the principle behind why God gave it. God gave the command to tell Israel to dwell in booths for a couple of reasons. One. It was to remember their wanderings, how he provided for them in the wilderness. So even when they were disobedient, they had food, they had water, they had shelter, their clothes didn't wear out. So it's to remember that even in disobedience, God provided for them. Then when they got into the promised land, it was to celebrate the harvest of the fall. So now that they're in the land and the promised land is providing for them and they get all of this produce in the end of the year, they are to celebrate like a fall festival, right? If you will, celebrating the harvest and the provision of God, right? So those are the two reasons why one has to deal with the wilderness and the other one has to deal with in the land. But then when you start getting into, well, what about the church? Well, there's a strong, um, probably 99% chance that Jesus was born during this week, mm-hmm. right? That his birthday, it actually began last night, so his birthday would actually be today, right? If um, And we can, we don't have time to go into that into the show, but we can actually show <laughs> you scripture and verse and go through and show you how that was the high probability he was born during this season, whether it was this feast or not, right, uh, it would have been during this time. So much so that even the book of John says that when Jesus came and dwelt amongst men, both in Greek and Hebrew, the same word there, which is Sukkot, which is tabernacle. So it says that he came to tabernacle amongst men. It's also the time um, that the God commanded Israel during the sacrificing time, during this time, they sacrificed 70 bulls. Because it was the Feast of the Nations, right? And that's why in the book of Zechariah, it says all of the nations during the millennial reign will come up and celebrate this feast. Uh, because it's the time in which all of the nations uh, come together and worship God. I'll stop there because I'll yeah. give you guys another chance. Yeah, so I'll just kind of uh, piggyback on top of that. Yep, um, the best scholars will tell us that we only have, the Gospels only record 17 days of Jesus' life, right? right. Maybe 18. Uh, of those, so that basically represents 1% of his ministry. But 73% of that 1% in the Gospels uh, all happened on a feast day. So the, so the Gospels are basically him going from one feast to the next. And if, you're, if you can read the Bible and never see that, then someone's given you a set of eyeglasses yeah, and you're reading yeah. the Bible filtered. You filter out the Judaic root of your faith, which is very unfortunate. But let me just give you a few things. At the, uh, um, at the Feast of, uh, of Tabernacles, these are some things that happened in the the new Ta- in the gospels it was when jesus sent out the 70 to go that was at the feast of tabernacles when they brought, brought him the woman caught in adultery that was at the feast of tabernacles when jesus was riding his finger in the sand that happened at the feast of tabernacles the mount of transfiguration happened at the feast of tabernacles when the disciples said let's build tabernacle three tabernacles and stay that happened at the feast of tabernacles when he said if anyone thirsty let him come to me and drink that happened at the feast of tabernacles these are verses of scriptures used during that time 
This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. That's a piece it's of tabernacles, tabernacles, not your Monday morning that you that you have every day. That's right. We, the stones that the, <laughs> that the builder rejected has become the chief of the corner. That is what's quoted at the Feast of Tabernacles. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's said at the Feast of Tabernacles. For the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. That is quoted at the Feast of Tabernacles. I am the light of the world. There you go. So all the so uh, it's a, if if the life of Jesus is important to the church then tabernacles is important to the church. And the fact that the Bible says in the book of Zechariah that even there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and it says, and then all nations will come and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. So we're talking about this has got to be important to God. If he said, I'm going to get rid of the old earth, but you're still going to celebrate tabernacles, uh, it's got to be important. So because it's important to God, important to Jesus, it's important to us. Did did our founders understand anything about tabernacles? Our founders, so (laughs) as a matter of fact, I would say this. Every American who celebrates Thanksgiving celebrates the Feast of Tabernacles. How long was Thanksgiving huh. originally? Thanksgiving was originally seven days long. How long is the Feast of Tabernacles, Steve? Wow. Seven. There you go. You can actually, we can read the writings of the pilgrims. They said we had we went, killed enough food to last us about seven, seven days. And when was the first Thanksgiving? In September. In September, right. that's right. Where did, where did they get the idea for that? Well, you see, the pilgrims didn't go from England straight to the New World. The pilgrims went from England to Holland and they lived in the Jewish quarter for ten years. Oh, so they would have they would have seen a tabernacle. And so when they came oh. to the New World, they came with the Jewish tradition. That's why on the ship way over, they took a vote: what language are we going to speak in this New World? Two languages were put up for debate. Obviously, we speak English, so English won the election. It won the election by one vote. Yeah. What Worst language did ever. it beat out? It beat out Hebrew. Those Worse. are the two languages that were put forward. No we want to speak. Yep. And guess what? Do you know why 95 or 96% of all American males are circumcised? Yep. It's because we have the Hebraic group when we came. Because I live half of my life outside of the United States. We are the only nation that, that circumcises. That routinely circumcises. I mean, just I had, one of my sons was born in Finland. I couldn't get him circumcised in Sweden, Finland, Norway. I, I couldn't get him circumcised anywhere in Europe, I was I was trying to take him to Switzerland. Couldn't do it. Finally, I found one place that would circumcise him, but only after six months, and they would put him completely under anesthetic. I was wow. gonna have to, I was going to fly him to the states to even get him circumcised. Why? That's not a European idea. It came from the Judaic root that the pilgrims picked up when they were living in the Jewish quarter in in uh, in Holland. Finally, it came to me. If I want my son circumcised, I'm going to call the synagogue. That's right. Call the synagogue. But so I called did. the synagogue in Helsinki, and they said, of course, of course we'll come and we'll down. stay for the party. Yeah, stay for the party. So, yeah. So, so, well, they'd have to put me under, too. Yeah. No question about it. But, 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 uh, but, but, yes, so what happened is they 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 feasted outside, which is what you do at, at, uh, for Thanksgiving. The first one, they feasted outside. They put up a... a, a tabernacle type thing where they could hang fruit and things on which they did they invite the indians which is what you do you invite friends over it lasted for seven days which is what tabernacles last for and then of course it was instituted by abraham lincoln and set at a date in november but originally it was in the month of september slash october depending on when it fell that year wow yep wow you heard it here i'm telling <laughs> anybody you anybody that says we don't have a judeo uh, faith into this nation or yeah, I'll, I'll quote Billy. They're morons. They don't know <laughs> they're, just, they're just they're just ignorant. <laughs> they're just ignorant. Ignorance a good word. There is, this there, means we right. don't have knowledge of something. Thanks, Pastor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, bless their hearts. They just this is my mother used to say, bless their hearts. That's yeah, right. yeah. Their they just hearts. don't know any better. No, they don't. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, next question here from Remington, and I congratulate him on what a cool name that yeah. is. 
Yeah, that's probably not his real name. Probably but not. anyway, uh, please ask the Bible guys if they have ever heard of the Q gospel. I recently heard about it and admit uh, a bit of confusion. Can you ask them to address the Q issue and if they feel it has any credibility or not? Yeah, um, I can I can speak to it. You guys can can jump in. Um, yeah. We'll yeah. we'll we'll get that started here in a couple of minutes. We'll take a break. Okay. So um, the um, uh, the the gospel according to Q. Um, and we're not talking about the guy on Star Trek. No, not him, or or the guy on uh, James Bond, or the QAnon uh, weirdness and uh, so forth that's out there. Um, uh, it's kind of a big story. I don't know how much uh, time we have, but um, basically it boils down to this. the uh, A lot of scholars believe – well, let me back up a little bit. The gospel – we have four gospels. Mm-hmm. Three of them are known as what, as what we call the synoptic gospels, the word – Synoptic comes from the word like synosis. It has to do with uh, being similar to each other. So there is so Matthew, Mark, Luke are the synoptic gospels. John is a little bit different than that, and I'll address that in a minute. But so the, the synoptic gospels, there is a belief among a lot of scholars that these three gospels shared a common gospel, common source, a common source, and they more or less shared it and wrote their Gospels, but they kind of used one of them as the main source. A lot of scholars believe Mark was the first Gospel written, and the other two took that and kind of used that as their source and wrote off of it. Others believe Matthew was the first one that was written, and the others kind of copied off of that and made their their um, their Gospel uh, from that. Um, but Mark is the shortest one. If you take Mark's, the Mark position, it's the shortest one. So then the question is, if they did that, and I don't, I don't, agree with that i think the holy ghost can speak to all of them and they can mm-hmm. and they can write what they wrote but but a lot of scholars are not really holy ghost driven so they say well there must be a shared source then the question came up what if that's true if they all shared then uh, a common document to <clears throat> to write their respective gospels out of how do we account for all the differences in the gospels and there was a theory put forth by um a German theologian, uh, and he said, then there must be another source. Right. There must have been an additional gospel that they used to fill in the gaps and create all these different nuances. Um, the German word for source is the word quella, and that's where the word, the letter Q comes from. So the Q gospel is this unknown gospel that they say must be the source for all these differences in the gospels. And, um, and I'll tell you whether or not i agree with that or not when we come back okay good deal this is alan kerr with on uh, in for the dave ellswick show uh, subbing for dave ellswick um, on tuesday morning about 75 degrees outside on 7 47 a.m we got one more segment coming back with the with the the bible guys be right back after these messages good morning this is alan kerr in for dave ellswick on the dave ellswick show we're here at the last segment of the hour uh with uh here with the the bible guys um that is uh, Scott Stewart, Billy Miller, Steve Hess. They're here from Agape Church. And we were talking about um, Q Gospel and uh, if they feel it has any credibility or not. Yeah. So um, uh, I don't believe it does. First of all, uh, the Q Gospel doesn't actually exist. It's an argument from silence. So basically it's an assumption. Um, there's an assumption based upon German scholars that they believe that because – they try to account for the nuances in why some of the gospels are different, and they say there must have been a an external source that they used 
to write their gospels, uh, and they just called this unknown uh, gospel. They just call it Q, and the Q comes from the German word quella, which means uh, source. Uh, but there, but you can't have an argument for si- from silence. You know, you if if um, that's one of the worst type of arguments you can have. So, um, so I, I give no credence to it. I don't think the disciples used a common gospel and copied off of it. I think that. Each one of them lived a life with Messiah. Each one of them, maybe, maybe the reason why Matthew wrote differently is because he happened to be with Jesus when Mark went. Well, Mark right. wasn't one, one of them. Uh, you know, when um, when the other guys weren't there, so John saw things that Matthew didn't see, and Matthew saw things that that Peter didn't see, and they wrote down what they saw. They weren't always with him, all of them, all at the same time. There were sometimes where Jesus said, "Okay, you three uh, come with me. The rest of you stay here. So they're obviously going to write things in their gospel that the others didn't see. So right. I believe the Holy Ghost inspired them to write uh, as he uh, as he desired. And there's no such thing as a Q gospel. And I don't believe they necessarily used a source document to write off of. But well, and their their backgrounds were different. Their life experience leading sure. up to that point had been different. Uh, and as a result, different things would have stuck out to you, right? Uh, it's it's one of those it's one of the interesting things that happens after you preach a sermon. It, people will come up and mm-hmm. everybody wants to say something, right? Mm-hmm. And it's amazing the differences in what people pick up on, mm-hmm. and that has everything to do with your life experience up to that point and what's going on in your life at that particular moment. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that some of the big teachings, which were, were a bit controversial at the time, absolutely stuck out in everybody's mind, right? But some of the the nuancey sorts of things um, is like, oh well, that that struck me, and therefore I remembered it, and therefore I wrote it down, but. It didn't hit you the same way, and therefore it didn't stick in your memory, and you didn't write it down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. You know, and Matthew, he was a tax collector, so he's a you know he right. he thinks a little bit differently differently than maybe uh, one of the fishermen does, as opposed to one of the doctors or whatever. So they just, right. they things jumped out to them, and they yep. and they noted that and wrote it down. Carl Gallup. Oh, that's that's, that was the guy. <laughs> that was the he's guy. He's talking about something we discussed during the break. King Kong. Nobody that's, listening to I just has remember. no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> so it, it's a it's a guy who did an investigation of the yeah. Gospels, and he was a retired police officer, and he he concluded because the Gospels all tell from a different perspective that that was confirmation of their truth. He said because whenever we were um, um, questioning a suspect or a group of suspects, if they all said the exact same story the exact same way, then he knew they collaborated and they were all lying. Right. But because the Gospels have these different nuances, that that would confirm that they were all telling the story, the true story from their each from their perspective. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. My goodness. Well, um, we're here this morning with uh, the Bible guys uh, talking all things uh, religion. And uh, do we have any other questions uh, oh, that came in? We do. There oh, was, we got a good one. <laughs> yeah. This one oh, was we? sent right the last – Dave sent it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even see it before he got in here. Yeah. Uh, I don't uh, – Whether or not we can get into this one. Uh, How much time we got? A couple uh, Six minutes. minutes. Uh, we, got, we got maybe five, five here we go. Five right, here we go. Yeah. Oh, so Lord, you guys say a yeah. lot we need to read the Bible and take it for what it says, but what about where it – describes King David and Jonathan's relationship. They engage in a covenant together, affirm their love. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And we are told that the soul of Jonathan was bound to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. That's marriage-like language. Lamenting Jonathan's death, David described his love as a more wonderful than the love of women, of a woman. Saul rebukes Jonathan for his dealings between he and David, but in a very odd way, then Saul's anger was aroused against Jonathan, and he said to him, you son of a perverse, rebellious woman, just because Jonathan said David wanted him to go with him to Bethlehem. So when Saul showed anger intent to kill David, Jonathan mourns dramatically and refuses to eat. 
Then when they are parting, they kiss and cry together and promise in the name of God to be faithful to each other. I'm not sure about that part. I have to read that one. Take a... Uh, taken at face value, their souls knitted together, having a love for him that's more than the love of a woman, kissing and tearful departure when they are forcefully separated. And Saul's rebuke calling Jonathan perverse and woman, it seems the straight text is suggesting. Wait, can I pause there for a second? The straight text is Suggest. suggesting <laughs> right, right. Okay. that they had a homosexual affection between them. Any thoughts? Yes. So Scott just said wow. you cannot take an argument from silence. So now that means God winked at this. That means God overlooked this. That means that when David went into Bathsheba and he sent the prophet to rebuke him for killing her husband after he had an affair with her and got her pregnant, that somehow God said, hey, I'll tolerate a little, I won't tolerate a little adultery, but hey, that little homosexual relationship that you got with Jonathan, I'll wink at that one. I won't send a prophet to rebuke you for that. And it also would ignore Sodom and Gomorrah, Mm -hmm. Leviticus 19, where it talks about a man should not lay with a woman, and all the other places that rebuke against homosexuality. So this is trying to infer something that is not in the text because you have an agenda or a belief about something. That is extremely dangerous because you have plain text that says emphatically, undeniably, unequivocally, A man shall not lay with a man as he does with a woman. I don't need to read into that. I don't need to suggest anything between David and Jonathan. It says very plainly. There you go. Uh, I will also say there's there's some mental gymnastics going on here, and it's one of those things. Mental gymnastics. Yeah, it's one of those things we see over and over and over and over. The last paragraph says uh, that Saul rebuked Jonathan, calling him perverse and woman. But when you go back and read the text, as he quoted two paragraphs up, it says, "You son of." A perverse right. woman, and this is we see these so sort of mental, out of context. Right, we see these mental gymnastics all the time when people want to justify some behavior they're involved in. They'll just pull part of the text out mm. and, and ignore the rest of it. You know, I, I often say context is so important because otherwise, I can prove to you that the Bible itself says there is no God because it says the fool saith in his heart. Well, context is really important right there, right? So is it when we're doing these sorts of things. When you're trying to make decisions about how you're going to live your life, you have to understand the context or you will make huge spiritual mistakes. Just like this. Yeah. This has been Alan Kerr in for the Dave Ellswick on the Dave Ellswick Show. Been here with the Bible Guys. We've had some really great discussions. Want you to go out and enjoy your your week and uh, enjoy the first day of fall tomorrow. Dave will be back next week, I think. And uh, we'll be waiting to hear from him. Thank you. Have a great week.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.